Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast brought to you by SME Strategy. Our goal on the Strategy and Leadership Podcast is to bring you practical and actionable tools that you can implement with your teams right away. My name is Anthony Taylor and I'll be your host. Each episode, I'll interview a senior leader or a thought leader that will help you elevate your ability to lead people and drive your organization's strategy forward. Our partner is Cascade Strategy. They're our favorite tool for tracking and executing strategic plans, providing visibility for your entire team, and helping everybody have insight into where you're going and what you need to do to get there. If you're looking to improve your strategy execution, visit smestrategy.net slash cascade for a link for a free 90-day trial so you can see for yourself if you enjoy it and it helps your team move forward. So with that, I want to thank you again for joining us, and we'll get into today's guest. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, folks, and people to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, my guest is Kyle Duford, who is the Executive Creative Director and Agency Director at The Brand Leader. Kyle, how's it going today? Uh, It's going well, thanks. Doesn't that title sound more interesting than it probably really is? We're about to find out, aren't we? Well, I guess so. It's just like 12 <laughs> words to, to describe something. I don't know. Well, let's see. Let's pump up your title. Tell me, how did you get this title and why does it mean exactly what it says? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's try to unpack that a little bit. Well, an executive creative director at any kind of creative agency or a branding agency, design firm, marketing firm, typically you'll find them on, on the design side. Basically, they're kind of like the big dog on the creative side, but also on the account side. So my job is to make sure that we have a fantastic creative director who's an amazing designer, totally gets brands. He's, I can learn a lot from him. Um, But we also have another side. We have development and copywriting and strategy. So my job is to kind of oversee all of them and kind of put that together for the brands and clients that we work with to make sure that their brand message, their philosophy, their positioning is consistent across all touch points. But we don't want to silo anyone. So, um, Kind of the buck stops with me, but it's really the buck stops with the client. I'm just, I get to orchestrate some things and I don't really play any one instrument, if that makes sense. The uh, the agency director side is just really the day-to-day operations, you know, making sure that everything runs smoothly. Uh, it's that sort of like, you know, keep the lights on sort of job. So I tend to lean toward the first one. I got that. So, uh, yeah. you know, in, in your background of, of marketing operations, like getting the stuff done and now in your, like the distinction between like a creative director, I sort of hear it akin to somebody who's just focused on marketing and the execution versus the overall strategy. So can you unpack that? Do I understand that view more or less yeah. correctly? Yeah, I, I think more or less. I mean, I look at it like a, you know, if I'm the architect, I might not be the the general contractor or the builder, the guy actually doing the work or, or uh, the plumber or the electrician, but I can, I can be behind the scenes and make sure everything works, whether, you know, works together well. So um, I'm not, I'm a creative guy, but I'm not a creative guy in the sense that maybe a designer would think Uh, I've tried to design things that are horrible. They're not that, they're not very good at all. Uh, And that's not my skill set. I'm more of a writer, copywriter, kind of uh, creative, if you think about it that way. But again, it's more it's more kind of making sure that I get the best out of everyone who we work with. So I'm an abstract thinker. So if people are coming at attacking a problem in a certain way, I'm typically the one in the room who's saying, oh, yeah, but what about thinking about it this way? Or what about that customer? Or what happens if someone hears it this way or this problem comes up or that brand comes in with another play? That's really where I'm coming from. 
from a very a strategic um, kind of what if scenario, how are people going to hear things? What is this going to do for the brand long term? What's the next thing after this thing? It's, it's, it's a little bit esoteric, but it's fun. No, I get that. Well, I, like, because most of our leaders or many of our leaders are, are senior leaders and, and CEOs. And um, I'm interested to see kind of the parallels between being a really good creative director, not necessarily just from the technical skills, but the ability to execute on that vision and how it, I would assume, run parallel um, with, you know, running an organization, leading a team and, and executing strategy. So, you know, what would you say makes uh, either a good creative director or what would you say makes an overall creative vision successful? What are the kind of keys to the game to make that happen? And there's so many different things uh, that correlate well with a leader um, or with a coach or with, you know, um, a project manager lead or something. I think anyone who's leading, they have to earn the right to be heard. They have to earn the right to be in front of the room. And that's big. Um, you have to listen to the people that you're trying to lead, which is really antithetical to a lot of what leaders leaders think. Sometimes they're like, "Oh, I'm going to do things, and they're going to follow me." And while that might be true, like you have to earn the respect first. And I, I found that you can't do that unless you listen to the people in which you're trying to lead. I always used to say that. Um, someone once told me, "You know, you're a great manager," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not a manager. I can be a leader, maybe." Uh, and I've always said that it's like. I could march everyone in the building, get everyone to follow me upstairs and jump off the roof for, I could just, I'm, cause that's charisma. That's uh, respect. That's um, buy-in right now, how to do it, what order to jump and like what time of day should we go? That's management. And I can't do that. So I think for any leader uh, and you can be a leader in anything, let's be very clear. You don't have to be the CEO to be a leader um, to be a leader though. You really just have to, it's cliche, but to do it by example, to treat people the way you want to be treated, uh, to listen to them, to hear their issues, to try things that you wouldn't normally try. Um, it's kind of like um, the best thing I can liken it to is, is really a, what I'm doing is like a player coach kind of thing. So for leaders in business, and, and I came from the business world, um, from the brand side, I was in the brand side for a good 20 years. The idea for, for me was doesn't really matter what you're doing. I, I love what I do now, uh, but I was leading e-commerce teams and digital marketing teams and so forth before. And I found out that it's really just, it's kind of the same thing. And I've learned that I'm really investing in people. It doesn't really matter what my product or service is that I'm trying to sell or what the company I'm working for. It's the people that report to me and the people that report to them that I'm trying to invest in. And that's what I've learned is really the most fulfilling thing for me. And I found that they're really good. I'm still learning, but I found that the really good leaders that I look up to or people that I look up to that I really admire are the ones who really put their heart and soul into the people in the business rather than the people out of the business they're trying to sell to. Mm. So focusing on that team thing. Okay. So, it, it, you know, I heard out of what you shared there, you know, really like how you've been able to uh, formalize your own style of leadership, because you obviously had to make it through the trenches and, trenches and you had to do it by example. Um, and so we looked at like from a strategic level high up, if you think back and even probably not that far back in terms of like leading these kind of campaigns, getting more on the managing, more of the implementation, having to work across cross-functional teams. What would you say were your keys to success to being able to get those campaigns across the line and to be able to like have the results that you've obviously been able to create? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it has to be solid thinking, right? So you have to know what you're doing. So it's not like, it doesn't matter if you have uh, a really great person who's eager to follow you and you're investing in them. And that's just, that's part of it. That's the emotional part. But if they don't know how to do their job, then it's not going to win. So you have to have the right people. You know, there's a, there's a great line in um, the movie miracle, you know, based on the USA uh, hockey team in the 1980s, uh, the one in Lake Placid, very big deal here in the United States. And um, in the film, and I don't know how accurate this was to real life, but in the film on the first day of tryouts, um, they're looking at all these players and within the couple, first couple of hours, they had two days of tryouts. And within the first couple of hours, the head coach, um, sent all these guys home and the assistant coach goes, you're sending all the best guys home. What are you doing? And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, I'm not looking for the best ones. I'm looking for the right ones. And I found out that in business and leadership, it's not about the one man show. It's not about the all-star. It's not about the, the one who has all these accolades and awards. It's the one who wants to be on a team that can pass the ball to one another, who can anticipate when they're going to get the ball past them. Not to say you don't want standout players and all-stars and A players. That's absolutely what you want. So I would say you have to find that really good. You have to invest in those right people. And what's worked for me is letting letting the ones who know what they're doing, just trusting them. So if the, if the first lesson is listen and, and, you know, lead from understanding, then the second one would be trust that you have the right people in that role uh, until they've proven you wrong. And, you know, knock wood, I've, I haven't had that, that issue. We have really good players on our team and I trust them and, and trusting them sometimes is letting them fail, trusting that I know they will fail, but have putting the confidence in them to let them know that that's part of it. You're going to fail. You're going to pick yourself up and, and get along. And, and, uh, and if, if I can work with them through those moments then it's uh, gosh, then it's a win for everybody. Uh, it sounds like, I, I mean, the part of that is making sure you have the skills to get the job done. So assembling the team is, is arguably more important than, you know, the practical imp implementation, because if they can do it, if you know, they can do it, you have the trust in there. They're actually going to get that across the line. No problem. Yeah, totally. Um, somebody told me a long time ago, uh, the three C's of hiring anybody, uh, it's chemistry, competency, and character. And, and I try to follow that. And if you have all three, I mean, you're probably going to get hired, but that means you have the character of somebody that the integrity, the honesty, the authenticity, the humility of somebody I want to work with. The chemistry is there with the rest of the team. You can get along with us. You can have a beer with us. You can, you know, do whatever. And at the um, and then the competency is really, can you do your job? And if you can do those things, then heck, you know, join us. Uh, you know, I, I just think that's part of the fun is finding the right person. And once you have, sorry, I'm getting texted like crazy here. Um, but, but part of the fun is really just then taking that person who's the right fit, who fits on that team perfectly, and then figuring out how how you can take their proclivities and work with them. And they're, you know, that, you know, everyone has these little idiosyncratic behaviors. And like, I love that because that makes, that makes people, that's what, that's what's fun for me. Right. And everyone has these little things that they do. And whether, you know, someone comes in at 7am every morning and puts on a certain music station, or if they, you know, one person likes to take a nap in the middle of the day, I'm making this up. I don't know. But like, I love that because I want someone to feel like they can be themselves. And I know I'm going to get the best work out of them, but it boils down to those further three things. Are they competent? Can they get along with us? And you know, who are they when, when the doors are closed, closed, what, what's their character like? Yeah, that, that tracks bizarrely. Uh, by the way, you're getting all those texts because they must've heard you're on the podcast, by the way, like, and share the podcast. If you're listening, uh, well, you're obviously listening, but I was watching the uh, behind the scenes of the malice at the palace. 
And it talks about like the Detroit Pistons and uh, the Indiana Pacers, how they like put their teams together, obviously more about Indiana. And it just shows like, Hey, we had to have all of these right people. They had the capacity, but the thing that made them very special was their chemistry and their character. That's what made that team unique and, and made them successful. Um, so anyways, just a, a sidebar no, but there. I love, but I love that. Right. It's like, and, and you look at the Chicago bulls or whatever you always, you can always pinpoint like one leader on the team. Uh, and sometimes it's obvious and it's who that is. And sometimes it's not as obvious, but then they have a cat, you know, you hear it in sports as a supporting cast, but it's true. It's people who, who can elevate the leader to, to allow them to do great work. But listen, I've said it before. Now I may not have said this growing up in, in my career. I, I probably took way too much credit than I should have, but I can honestly tell you that I am literally only as good as the people that surround me uh, as a, as an executive creative director, as, as my colleague here, Chris, as his, his role as a creative director, you, you, you're not doing the thing, you know, like the architect is no one if he can't see his plans executed and you can't get the plans executed unless you have the plumber and the electrician. And those, those people are just as vital to the overall success as the person who's leading the ship. And so I've learned that in, in many ways, the hard way. Um, but yeah, that's why I love the sports analogies too, because it really is that simple. Um, look at how people work together to achieve a common goal and, and man, put me on that team all day long. And I'd love to be a part of it. Hey, sorry to interrupt. It's Anthony here again. I just wanted to let you know if you're enjoying today's episode, I'd love it if you could give us a review and a comment to let us know where you're listening from. It means a lot to us. It helps us with the algorithm. It also helps us get into the hands of more people so that we can keep bringing great guests onto the show. So please do that. Also, if you or your team are planning a strategic planning offsite coming up, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to see if we're a fit to facilitate to support you and your team getting on the same page and getting about where you want to go. So you can visit smestrategy.net or click the link in the description. We'd appreciate both of those things. And now get us back to the episode. Hmm, that's awesome. Well, that's what makes great, great companies great with the right people on the bus. So, so I want to switch gears a little bit because we're talking about people, um, you know, 2021 uh, mm-hmm. coming out of COVID, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that, that I see people face with is talent. Like the ability to get people in the door, whether you're running a restaurant chain, whether you're growing a tech company, whether you're a small mom and pop shop, like getting the right people in the company. And so putting your strategist hat on, um, what do you see? And also from like your clients and what are they doing? Why is it? um, How do they get that message out there? How do they match up? Because there's obviously people is it that there's more jobs than people or is it just that these companies aren't doing a good enough job sort of communicating the value? Like what's, what's the problem there? Yeah. There's so many issues right now in, in the the world of business, uh, especially here in the U S because of the stimulus we had because of people working from home, because of all the things that happened right now, it's actually really difficult to find people to work for you because uh, in, in many regards, see people are being paid more money to stay at home. And so especially in the hourly range, uh, that's more of an issue. I have a good friend who's a, a vice president uh, for Adidas, and she runs one of their largest distribution centers here. And uh, I don't know what they pay. Let's just say it's $15 an hour. Um, they can't get anyone for $15 an hour. You raise it to 17. They can't get in. No one's applying. And this has never happened. So 
uh, they raise it to 20. And I don't know if this is true, but which is something like this is anecdotal. Um, they can't get anyone. Then they said, we'll pay you an upfront bonus if you work for the first three months. Okay, we'll give you a bonus to work for the first two months. Okay, we'll give you $1,000 if you start and make it a week. Like it's, they're resorting to like unheard of methods to draw people in. And that's not the case in, in, in the history of our economy. This is a really unique time. Now for a little bit more of a white collar business like ours, you know, you're looking for a very, very skilled uh, person in a, in a very highly segmented world. Uh, you know, we're looking for a very particular designer, we're a very particular developer. And we have gone out, we're in the middle of hiring some creatives now because we're growing this year. And I mean, we're hard pressed to find people. And uh, to be honest, it's, it's really difficult. So we're, we're not just posting a job anymore. You almost can't do that anymore because you get everybody, you know, I've, I've gotten people and this is a true story. I actually got somebody applying for a job and they said, uh, I was a professional trampolinist. I didn't even know that existed. This is a true story. Professional trampolinist for years. And I think I'd make a pretty good designer. And they applied and I'm like, well, on what planet does that make sense? It's a, I'm sure you were a great trampolinist. Uh, I don't know where, where you practice. I don't know how much the trampolinist gets paid, but no, you're not a designer. And, you know, it's it, people just think they can apply for anything. So now we're finding that we have to go hunt for people and we have to go find particular people. And, then, and I see a lot of businesses are doing that. They're going out to find people in a way that they never had. So headhunters are a big deal as much as just a job posting today. And then and you really have to find someone who matches up to those things we talked about earlier. We're lucky enough here that we've we've won uh, one of the best places to work in South Carolina where we are. We've been up for a couple other awards for best places to work. We're very proud of that, very proud of the culture we've built here, but it means it's a very particular person and you can't just take the next person off the street. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to see what happens in the, in the industry, I think as, as stimulus and, you know, things start evaporating as hopefully we get out of this COVID season, uh, it might change a little bit more and you, they might start coming out of the woodwork, but right now it just feels, it feels like it's really difficult. So if we tie in, you know, the importance of having a good team, the importance of a successful campaign, marketing to the right customer and making mm-hmm. sure that you have the right value proposition, what, what do you see the trend being like in your crystal ball over the next two or three years? What do you see the, the overall messaging being from, you know, brands that are big and small? What do you think the things that they are going to want to highlight, differentiate, uh, capture people on, um, yeah. as we move forward. Well, yeah. I, and this is where my passion lies. I think one of the things that COVID has shown us is that we yearn for emotional human connection with one another. And I mean, and you and I are talking over zoom, which is, which is fine. We probably would have done this anyway, but you know, everything that used to be a phone call before is now zoom or now it's FaceTime, which is actually kind of maddening. Like my mom would just call me before, but now because of COVID she's zooming me or something. And I'm like, Okay, but the context of what we would have talked about hasn't changed, but we've moved to this new world and in the process of this highly digital kind of singular siloed world that we live in. And for people who have lived at home alone or during COVID by themselves or not with a roommate or family, it was particularly difficult. But I'm finding that brands are really trying to say, how can we bridge the gap? And it might sound a little weird to say and maybe a little disillusional, but I truly believe that brands are the last bastion of human connection. And I'll explain that real quick is that you might be at home, you're getting all your packages from Amazon, you're working from home, you're getting your groceries brought to you by Instacart. You literally have no reason to leave the house. Nowadays, I mean, Peloton sales were five times what they were pre-COVID. I mean, you can work out at home, you can eat at home, you can work from home. You'd never have to leave. And for those people that are 
alone, I believe the only people they're actually communicating with and speaking with is probably people in customer service or brands or ordering something and having a problem. And I know it sounds bizarre, but I really believe that brands have this social responsibility to help bridge that gap and to help communicate with people. And the ones that are doing that in a really special, unique way are the ones that are getting it right. And it's, it's, um, it's not just purpose-driven brands like Patagonia or, you know, Tom's for the one-for-one -one program. It's brands like, you know, Glossier, a makeup company here in the U.S., which has taken off because they believe in communicating with their customers and, and meeting them where they need to be met. Or, or um, you know, companies like Zappos, a, a, a multi-brand reseller of shoes uh, out of Las Vegas that everyone knows here in the States as, as being high on the customer service. I mean, you can call them up and talk to them for an hour if you want. That's the kind of thing that I think the ones that get it right from an authentic point of view, from an authentic position, are the ones that are really succeeding that they, they're not just doing good for the environment or for the world, but they're connecting with you. They either bond with you on what you have in common, or they give you what you've wanted, what you yearned for. And that's what's really interesting. I find that it's almost like we're reverting back to like this 1950s mentality of, you know, saying hi to everyone in the street, but it's just happening in a digital world. So it's going to be interesting to see who rises to the top, but um, that's really where my heart is right now. And every brand that we work with currently has some sort of element of trying to connect with people. And that's really where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I hear, it's, uh, well, interesting, and I don't think the word is ironic, but like how you say, hey, the difference between leadership and management and the difference between, we'll call it brands, and you didn't use the word advertisers, but it sounds like an overall like balance between transactional and relationship. And both as like a leader, like a leader has to be relationship based. A good yeah. brand is going to be relationship based. And I think for both of those, the intersection in 2021 is recognizing that like your your people, whether it's your customer or your employee, they're at where they're at. And you have to look at them like holistically to understand their life, because if you don't get them at the depth of the depth, then there's no way whatever you say or do is going to move them an inch. What do you think? A hundred percent. And in this commoditized instant two day shipping world, if you really just stop for a second and give people what they want, I mean, I, I mean again, I know it sounds a little hokey and I know it sounds, I can hear myself. I know it sounds a little kumbaya, but the fact is if you go into your local store today and the clerk smiles at you and says, welcome, you feel a different way than if you walk in and you just think the kid is there to earn 15 bucks an hour. And it's just human nature. We were built to, uh, to be with people. We were built to be in tribes and that has been completely splintered. And psychologically, I believe we're yearning for that. And, but yet the thing we have in common is how we shop. And so let's, let's meet there. Let's, let's uh, at that place that we all can congregate around, even if it's a digital water, water cooler, let's be there and let's have the conversation there. Um, and let's be smart about it. Let's not bring are under 13 year old in the wrong room. And let's not, let's be smart. I think there's social responsibility today that is different than what it used to be. But I think if that's where we can have the conversation and that conversation could be anything, it could be hiring people like we talked about. It could be selling your product. It could be just asking people how they're doing. I believe that's what's gonna uh, change how we do business.
Yeah. And I think also for those um, who are looking to change their skills, you know, being adaptive to that future world, because if you're just like a jerk to people and the world is valuing uh, customer service or relationship things, you know, it, it's not like, a, oh, I'll get by without it. Like you sort of have to like play the game if you want to be successful, in my opinion. Um, so that because, again, going back to the chemistry capacity and character, you know, if you don't have those things, you're going to be hard pressed to find a job somewhere in, in an organization that you like whether or not you have trampoline skills. Um, Kyle, uh, tell me about, as we wrap up here, what is the most exciting thing that your company is working on right now without spilling any beans and how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I appreciate you, uh, you asking that. The most exciting thing we're doing right now is we're bringing, we're helping bring a lot of um, outdoor brands that are in uh, outdoor active lifestyle space that typically are in Europe. We're helping them come to the United States uh, in a meaningful, real way. Uh, one particular client is, uh, is big in the sports nutrition world and we're helping them make their foray into the US, which I am uh, couldn't be more proud of. Uh, so that's really, really exciting for us. And again, because people can't travel, because they used to be able to send people over here all the time. Now we're doing the scouting for them and we're just being involved in business in a different way than we had been before. So that's really exciting. How people can get a hold of us. We're at thebrandleader.com. It's thebrandleader.com. Uh, there's multiple places you can download some free assessments or resources or learn more about branding, or you can even take a, a quiz if your company should rebrand or not. It's all free. It's fun. And if you want to get a hold of us, hello at thebrandleader.com is the best way to do it. Awesome, Kyle. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for the time today. I had a really, uh, I had a really good time. Yeah, this was interesting and fun and, and all the things. So thanks so much. My pleasure, bud. So my guest today has been Kyle Duford, who is the executive creative director and agency director at The Brand Leader. So if you have someone in your life that is excited and interested about the future of brands, the future of leadership and the future of business, be sure to send them this podcast. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for watching and until next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our signature course that will help you better align your team and get them bought into your strategic plan. It's presented really simply that whether you're a seasoned veteran or brand new to strategic planning, it'll help you better understand it, it'll help your team think more strategically, and it'll help you better prioritize and set goals. Ultimately, it's going to give you a plan that you can execute successfully. Because you have no idea how many plans that I see that look good, but are missing key components to make them successful. And we cover all of those missteps in the course. On top of all the video training, you'll get access to all of our workbooks and access to our knowledge base and community. The course is only $4.95 and you can get instant access to all of the videos. Plus you can use the code podcast for $100 off. Course comes with a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't get value from the course, let us know and we'll give you all of your money back. So go to smestrategy.net slash course, use the code podcast for $100 off. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to support you and your team in getting alignment and moving your strategic plan forward. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.